Welcome to Living Lessons in Leadership, where we study the rise and fall of famous leaders throughout history. My name is Johannes, and today I'll be hosting a case study on the factors leading to the assassination of one of Rome's most beloved leaders, who laid the foundation for the Roman Empire, but was repaid by a gruesome assassination. Julius Caesar was an incredibly successful and influential, yet his life ended abruptly by a coup from the noblemen of the Roman Senate. His life will give us an important lesson on the importance of well-balanced and guided ambition. For today's podcast, we'll focus primarily on Plutarch's perspective in history and seek to unravel the mystery of this public assassination. To do this, we will look at a few passages that explain the main factors and opinions surrounding the topic of Caesar's death, beginning with a very generous remark detailing Caesar's selfless yet competitive spirit for Rome's advancement. Section 58 of Plutarch's Life of Caesar states, Caesar's many successes did not divert his natural industry and ambition to the mere enjoyment of what he had worked to achieve, but served as fuel and incentive and sparked in him ideas for even greater exploits and a passion for fresh glory, as if what he had attained were already used up. What he felt was nothing other than desire to emulate himself as if he were another man, and a sort of competition between what he had done and what he intended to do. This is some glowing praise from Plutarch. It sounds like Caesar is an ideal leader who he looks up to as an example for future leaders of Rome. However, in section 60, he paints a slightly different picture. Here he states that the most apparent and deadly hatred of him was awakened by his passionate desire for kingship. This gave the common people the first occasion to hate him and proved a most plausible pretext for those who had long been his secret enemies. He goes on to include an instance where some dared to hail him as king, but as this disturbed the people, Caesar, in irritation, said that he was called Caesar, not king. From this passage, it seems that he was merely being political, Though Caesar wanted the role of king, he denied honors and kingship so that he would appear humble and patriotic in the eyes of the citizens. Yet, as we will discuss later, I believe Caesar's outlook was a little bit more complicated than this. Plutarch himself goes on to bring a completely different factor that adds a whole new level of meaning to the life of Caesar. In section 66, he references the strange and coincidental events and prophecies leading to his assassination on the Senate floor. Here he states, All these things may have been random occurrences, but was perfectly clear from the place that was the scene of that struggle and murder in which the Senate met that day, that some divine power was guiding the action and calling it to that place. Whether it was divine intervention, Caesar's ambition, or something else, Plutarch goes on to balance his views and opinions in some of his last words on the, as he closes the chapter on Caesar's life. I think this passage is key to understanding the verdict of Caesar's life and connecting its lesson for our modern age. In section 66, Plutarch states, The power and empire which he had pursued all his life through many dangers and had at last scarcely attained, of these he reaped no other th fruit than fame and glory that aroused the envy of his fellow citizens. But the great divine luck that attended him throughout his life followed him even after his death as an avenger of his murder, 
driving and tracking down his killers until every land and sea there was not one left. Thus we are faced with a dilemma. Is Caesar responsible for his death? Was his assassination the just reward of a man blinded by his own ambition? Or was Caesar's success one of virtue wrongly repaid with evil? I believe that the answer to this lies behind his motives. What we do know is that Julius Caesar was a very successful ruler. There's a reason why we're still studying about him today. Under his rule, Rome flourished. He built many great buildings for Rome and was rich with virtuous works for, towards the people. In fact, when his will was released, they found that he had bequeathed a generous sum of money to each Roman citizen. In fact, the Senate, which had actually assassinated him two years prior, deified him after his death. And there were many other honors which the Roman citizens and the Senate attempted to confer upon him that he refused. This, however, leads to a question. Did he refuse these honors for political gain or out of true humility? This kind of political virtue signaling is common, but I don't think it's what we see in Julius Caesar's life. While refusing the crown once might be an indication of uh, ulterior motives, Julius lived his whole life generously. In fact, he was offered this prized kingship three times and only accepted on the third offer, seemingly out of duty. If he had truly sought his own gain above all else and had no thought for the uh, good of the Roman citizens or Rome as an empire, he had a strange way of showing it. Thus, while it's impossible to fully know his motives, I would take Plutarch's strong praise from the opening reading to be his general outlook. Still, it's no doubt that Caesar went too far with his ambition. However, the vast majority of his works seemed to be done for the good of the people. He acted as a servant to others, but often did so in the wrong, by the wrong means. Rather than approving all his works through the Senate, he prized the favor of the citizens at the cost of contempt of his friends and legislators, leading to his assassination and also his deification, I believe. So how can we apply this into leadership principles that are helpful outside of trying to become a dictator of Rome? While it's unlikely that you're looking for sole power as king, even small roles in leadership can glean some lessons from Julius' example and his mistakes. First, it is good to have goals and vision, and it is good to aim high. Caesar is remembered because he led Rome forward, not because he did nothing. However, it's equally important to move forward in the right way and for the right reasons. Even good actions or decisions can be the wrong choice if the long-term uh, in the long term if they are done for the wrong reasons. Julius Caesar wanted Rome to flourish. He wanted to outdo himself. He wanted to give to others even after his death when he had no benefit. Yet, he approached these goals from an individualist standpoint. Rather than moving forward with Rome, he tended to pull it, creating tension between himself and the Senate, leading to his assassination. A leader with no vision has no direction, but an ambitious leader who has lost sight of his followers only leads himself. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Living Lessons in Leadership, and until next year, goodbye.